hop aboard the Bible bus. We're on our way to Zion. Last week on Through the Bible, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, set the course for our journey with a series of pilgrim songs that the Jews would sing, worshiping the Lord as they traveled from distant lands to God's holy city in Jerusalem. And today, we're going to study the last of these wonderful psalms in Psalms 132 to 136. So grab your copy of God's Word, and while you find your place, Through the Bible's President Greg Harris is here once again with a great update, this time from Africa. Yeah, Stephen, as as we have a number of conversations this month, as we do every month, it seems like there's a theme that's been coming out, and that is that we are we're not abandoning radio, but we are aggressively and joyfully getting on to as many new distribution platforms as possible. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. WhatsApp is a you know, a lot of people think of it as just a messaging app, that's but right. it is really a a virtual small group and not so yes. small group tool <laughs> yeah, uh, right. for people to be engaging yes. with Bible teaching. It's so exciting. Yeah, and, and a number of years ago, a, a young woman that I've known for since she was a child, she was the daughter of one of the great leaders of Transil Radio India and then she took his passion and she came to me and said, we want to start forming these groups on WhatsApp, like you said. And I think it's something like 250 people can be in a group. Yes. And then when she gets more than that, and I think there's well over 12,000 in these groups. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah. Don't miss that. 12,000 yeah. <laughs> groups yeah. of up to 250 yeah. each listening in India alone. Yeah. And, and, and it's just incredible. Well, it's actually, it's India, but it's also Africa okay. and the Middle East. Oh, you're right. You're right. But, but, it's still the point is this is a huge outreach. I mean, this alone would be like a mega church in terms of outreach. And there are so many wonderful trails we can go down in terms of the dynamics of these groups. One is that it's so easy to communicate two ways with these folks. Like yes. over all these years of doing radio, yes, we get letters and sometimes our fields will write back. But this is instantaneous. Here's a question. What did you guys learn in Second Peter? Boom. The, the answer can come right back. Yeah. Another one is, how many of you are using this teaching? Because what they do is they post the sound file. Yes. So if you imagine a texting app and you can just click the link and listen to TTB uh, in, in English, Telugu, or Arabic. And we want to focus today on Africa and some of the answers to those questions. We were looking at this report, Steve, and what's really cool is we're looking at a a report where they asked the question, how many of you are using this to share this teaching with others? Yeah. And they, they got so many different responses. So here's one. This is from, um, Ginchunge in Sierra Leone. Thank you for sending today's through the Bible broadcast from second Peter two on Sunday. I used this instruction to preach and the church members were very pleased. It was a wonderful message to the church members. And Steve, it's been my privilege to be involved in uh, Christian media for 30 plus years. And the Holy Spirit has always been using our messages to equip pastors. Imagine if you're a pastor and you have no Bible resources, no yeah. Bible training, and you say, Lord, help me give a good message. Yeah. Well, they listen to through the Bible and they just regurgitate yeah. it. And it's a blessing. Yeah. Um, here's another one of Falilla from Ghana posted the image of the upcoming series on the book of Obadiah on his own status feed. The Mobile Christian Network, our partner, tells us that they get many organic subscribers through members who tell others. And then the Mobile Christian Network, our partner, creates graphics and posts so that anybody who wants to share this in their network can do so. Yeah, it's Pretty so cool. exciting the way the word of God can go yeah. viral yes. on WhatsApp. Yeah, it's exciting. Exactly. Here's Neen from Nigeria. 
This person uses it to study a little differently. She's a Sunday school teacher, interesting, and she uses what she's learning and the audio message to build not just a study, but a curriculum Mm -hmm. for her Sunday school kids. Yeah. And those who know the history of Dr. McGee and his his open handedness, he never was demanding uh, control of the content. He just wanted his teaching to help other people. And here we are 35 years after he went to be with the Lord and it's happening with uh, digital technology. Yeah. Super, super cool. Now, how about this next one? Before every book is broadcast on WhatsApp, we send the notes and outlines to anyone who asks for it. So I'm assuming this is the Mobile Christian Network. Yes, yeah. And Papa from Uganda says this. It's a member who uses them while he listens. He says, excellent and encouraging counsel from a fellow listener. Glory be to God. And since we're in Africa, I know one of the things you like to point out to our listening family is how often we've heard, even when we were in Uganda, that Christianity in Africa is a mile wide and an inch deep or two inches deep. It's not deep. Let's put it that way. And so when you have a comment like this, that it sort of is keeping people theologically on the rails to say, I'm listening to this good teaching. Yeah. Now, let's hear from Francis, who is in Sierra Leone. And Francis asks for the notes for Obadiah and reads them as soon as she receives them. She writes this. What a wonderful intro to this book. I am blessed to be part of this tremendous teaching ministry. Shalom. Yeah, such an encouragement. And by the way, you can go online and get the entire copy of Dr. McGee's notes in a PDF form. You can get them on Kindle for a whopping 99 cents. They don't let us do it for free. And you can also call in and get the book, The Bible Companion. And you can also get them on our app. So if you don't have them, you know, there's no reason. You should no read them. They're great <laughs> yeah. notes. Yeah. Greg, we're almost out of time. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to bless the ministry of Through the Bible as it goes out now, through however people are listening, and also on WhatsApp all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now, friends, I'm coming today in the Pilgrim Psalms again to Psalm 132. We have only three more of these psalms that are called the Pilgrim Psalms, and we want to follow through with them. Now, Psalm 132 here, it's a rest on the Word of God again and the promises of God, and faith is that which becomes all-important. It is, by the way, a messianic psalm, and it's a very wonderful psalm. There's always been a question about its authorship, and it's about David, but I do not believe David wrote the psalm. Although the authorship has been attributed to David, yet there are those of real scholarship that have questioned that. Dalich says... It is suited to the mouth of Solomon. And also, Peroni says it is perfectly natural that Solomon should write a song for such an occasion, speaking of the earlier efforts made by his father to prepare a habitation for Jehovah. And his belief was that it was composed by King Solomon when the Ark of the Covenant was removed out of the tent of habitation that David had prepared for it when he brought it up to Jerusalem, and that it was now being moved in the temple that Solomon had built. Now, that seems to fit in better with this psalm, and actually the only mention that we have here of the ark is in this psalm here. 
And that, I think, makes it very important to see. Now, we need to note, however, that the son of David here is not Solomon, but the greater son of David that's coming. Now, with that as a background, let's continue on with these psalms. You see, now that they are there in Jerusalem, and they go back to the fact that they've come to where the mercy seat was, above that ark, the place where they could approach God. Now, will you listen to the psalm as we begin to read it? Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I'll not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I'll not give sleep to mine eyes, a slumber to mine eyelids, until I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Now you'll recall back in Second Samuel, the seventh chapter, it was in David's heart to build God a house. Now you can see here that this was the overweening ambition of his life. This was the one great pulsating thought, that he might build a temple for the ark of God. Now we find here, verse 8, Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. This was evidently the song they sang when the ark was moved into the temple that Solomon had built. It was really David's temple, and that the ark here was being moved in. And you remember the glory of the Lord filled the temple as it had the tabernacle of old. Now we refer to David again, verse 11, "...the Lord hath sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne." Now that is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to verse 12, "...if thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony, that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore." But you see, they didn't keep it. And the reason they were put out of that land and the reason they were sent into Babylonian captivity was simply because of the line of David that had sinned. But that didn't destroy God's covenant that there would come the fruit of his body that he'd set upon his throne. That is what the New Testament is all about when it opens with the book of the generation of Jesus Christ the son of David. That's the son of David that we're talking about and that the psalmist is talking about. Now listen to verse 13. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Now this is a city that today this is not fulfilled at all. And I personally wouldn't desire it at all. I walked up to the top of Mount Zion the first time with a friend when we got to the top and saw what it was. He said, I wonder if it is worth walking up here. Well, I told him, I said, I imagine David and the Lord thought so. They see something here we don't see, how it's going to be in the future. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. That's verse 13. That's important. Now, that psalm is a psalm they would sing when they were there. 
because it was the fact that here was the place they were to meet God, and he'd made that very clear. Now you have in this 133rd Psalm that we're coming to, we do have a Psalm of David, and it's a beautiful gem. It's a rather short one, but it's a beautiful thing. And it has been called a psalm, I think, of brotherhood. It's certainly a psalm of fellowship. You see, not only did this man come up to Jerusalem as a pilgrim with his family and his children and wife around him, not only the place that God had chosen, but now he's there with friends and he's having wonderful fellowship. They're not in little cliques or little groups. A great many folk today, they move in a little clique. And the reason is they'd rather be a big fish in a little pond than be a little fish in a big pond. A lot of folk like that. That partial explains some of the cliques we have in our churches today. Now, here is a wonderful psalm of fellowship, of brotherhood. Behold how good and how pleasant It is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We're told to keep the unity of the Spirit today. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Now, this was at the time that Aaron was anointed high priest. And this speaks of the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has said, You have here the fragrance of a lovely rose. You see this ointment, this frankincense that was put on the priest that indicated that he was a priest under God. We see that this is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not only king, he is our great high priest. And we see that in Psalm 45 and verse 7 that he's anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. And in that day, we read in Ezekiel 39:29, "...neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I poured out my Spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God." That's the day that's coming, like that ointment that ran down on Aaron. Well, that's the way God will pour out His Spirit. And that's the meaning, by the way, of the prophecy in Joel, where it speaks of a future outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the Israel of a coming day. It was not fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, but today we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, put in the body of believers, and Christ is our great high priest. And since that is true, then we should attempt to keep the unity of the Spirit. Now, that is the meaning of this very wonderful psalm, little gem. Now we come to the last pilgrim psalm. And, may I say, we've arrived. This is it, this 134th psalm. And it's the final song. This is the grand amen. Probably not a sevenfold amen, but a threefold one. Notice it. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now you see the pilgrim. He's come from a ghetto, come from a place where he's under suspicion. He was being criticized, maligned, lied about. His neighborhood wasn't good. 
Now he's come up to Jerusalem. He's now in the sanctuary. And he's lifting up his hands in the sanctuary and he's blessing the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. And in turn, he's looking for the blessing of God to be upon his life. This is a great worship psalm, and this is something that should be incorporated today in our worship. May I venture this? And this, of course, is always the curse of being a retired preacher. You can always tell the other fellow what to do, whether you did it yourself or not. And I know something about retired preachers. I used to have many of them in my congregation And today I happen to be one of them. So you can always tell what's wrong. Maybe we ought not to major in that. And I try not to, but when the time comes, somebody ought to say something. Let me say this, and I can speak freely. I trust you understand that. I believe that worship today is entirely too formal. Now, I do not believe that we should have fanatical outbreaks in worship. But there are a lot of us that can't seem to express our thoughts. I just have to stand, you know, in a service, just like a dummy. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. And my wife, she doesn't even want me to even try to sing when I'm standing with her in a service. She says, everybody turns and looks at you, and it's not a very pleasant look that they're giving you. Well, frankly, I can't sing. But I just like some time to as it were, just say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, how wonderful God is, for God is good. We need a little bit more informality today. Our services are just a little stiff and stilted. Maybe I'm starting some sort of a revolution. I could hope so. This is a wonderful psalm. The psalm that we have now and the other psalms we're coming to are psalms of praise. And there is a similarity in them, and we probably are going to hit some high points now. Praise ye the Lord. That's the way Psalm 135 begins. Here's a hallelujah psalm. And you want to know how it ends? Just like it begins. Praise ye the Lord. Here is a psalm that's in parenthesis, and the parenthesis is a hallelujah at both the beginning and the end. Now, it's a great psalm of praise. It's a call to praise God. It says here, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord, ye who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord's good. Sing praises unto his name, for it's pleasant. You know, we're not saying it enough today that God is good. Have you ever told anybody that God is good? Oh, I want to get on this radio and just say one thing. God is good. And let it go at that, because that's wonderful. Our God is good. And this is a call to praise Him. And now let me move down to verse 6. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did He in heaven and in earth, in the seas, and all deep places. He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasures. It's God that makes the weather. The weatherman doesn't make the weather. The 
proof of it is, is the times that he misses. He says, tomorrow it's going to be so-and-so. He's not in touch with headquarters. He is in touch with a lot of scientific gadgets, and they can come up every now and then with an educated guess. But God makes the weather. He's the creator. Not only did he create it, not only does he make the weather, but friends, he's running this universe as it pleases him. Maybe you don't like it. And if you don't, why don't you move out? Why don't you get you in another universe? Start one of your own. Run it your way. This is his. And if you are not satisfied with it, I suggest that somehow or another that you become reconciled to this universe and you accept it and that you accept the Creator because he's also the Redeemer of man today. And there are a lot of questions that we have to ask, but he hasn't given the answer. And the very interesting thing is, friends, he doesn't have to give the answer. That's disturbing to me, but it just happens to be true God doesn't have to answer you or me today. He asks us to trust Him, and it should be a life of faith. Now, he compares the living God with idols. Verse 15, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them. And friends, you're going to be like unto your God. What do you worship? You worship something. It could be gold or silver. It doesn't have to be on an idol. There are a great many people today worshiping gold and silver. That's covetousness. That's modern idolatry. You don't have to hang the gold and silver on a statue or an idol. You can worship many things. What is your God? Whatever your God is, if it's not the living and true God, He may have a mouth, but he can't speak. He may have an ear, but he can't hear you. Only the living God can hear you today. And for that reason, you'll become like your God. And therefore, we ought to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion who dwelleth at Jerusalem. This is a tremendous psalm. Now in Psalm 136... This is a psalm that has to do with the mercy of God. And did you know the mercy of God is mentioned in every verse? And we are to give thanks to him, not only because he's creator, but because he's rich in mercy. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. He has plenty of it, and he'll never run out of it. His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of God's for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. And in every verse of this psalm, why you have the mercy of God mentioned, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, this is a psalm that exalts the mercy of God. God is rich in mercy, Paul says. I want mercy from God. And God is rich in it. Have you called on him? There are folk that have hang-ups. We get letters. I have done this sin. Do you think God will forgive me? Friends, he's rich in mercy. Do you want forgiveness? Do you really want? Well, he'll give it to you. Somebody says, well, I think I'd like something, you know, maybe a new car. 
Why don't you go ask him for it? And he's rich in mercy. And if you need the car and you should have it, he'd give it to you. Our God's rich in mercy. And that's the way he deals with us. He deals with us according to his mercy. I don't know about you, but I feel like saying hallelujah again. Oh, how wonderful our God is. How wonderful Jesus is. Oh, my friend, learn to fall down before him and worship him. He's worthy. And when you get down in the dust, you know, you have to get down to get up. And he'll lift you up. How wonderful. Until next time, may God richly bless you. I bless you. To learn more about the mercy and love of our amazing God, you can visit ttb.org and click on How Can I Know God, or you can call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE, and we'll send a few resources by mail. You know, it's not very easy to praise God when life is hard. If you struggle with this, like so many of us do, then join us next time as we continue our five-year journey through the Bible. Jesus Today's study is always available, free to stream or download, thanks to the generous and faithful investments from your fellow Bible bus travelers. Just go to ttb.org or download our app to listen again anytime. As always, we'd love to know what's God teaching you.